Welcome to Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I'm Hannah. And I'm Tyler. We're here to learn more about the lives of authors that have inspired us, a journey into the stories they not only created, but also lived. So join us as we dive deep into the worlds that live just out of reach. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> I take it that's not it? the intro. Son of a bitch. Hold on. <laughs> I had to go get my book. I really hope you keep that in there because I could just faintly hear you yelling, son of a bitch, in the background. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't remember where I, where I had it. Uh, but I have I have the book. I have the uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, like an old version of it, too. So I had to make sure I had it. I'm glad that somebody has the book because I don't. Oh, I, really? I, okay. It was a whole ordeal. I went to the book nook (laughs) like three weeks ago or a month ago, hoping to buy it. I was like, I don't need to pre-order it. They're definitely going to have To Kill a Mockingbird. It's a classic. And I go in there and the lovely person working the counter, uh, who was not Megan. Megan was off doing something fun that day or, or something. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. We've had a run on classics lately and we don't have To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. I know, which was heartwarming because people are reading classics, but I was like, now I have to get it from the library. (laughs) So I got it from the library in Bellingham and then I went home again last weekend and I forgot it there. Oh, no. And I went into the book nook last weekend and they had To Kill a Mockingbird again. So I should have just bought it then. Yeah. So all of that to say that I got To Kill a Mockingbird with the intent of rereading it, and I only made it a few chapters in before I forgot the book somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, yeah. That's how this month has been. (laughs) Your your adventure with this book should be its own book at this point. I feel like it's its own story. Basically, I sound like the kid who didn't read the book for AP English and is now trying to explain why. Well, Miss Groff, see, the thing is, uh, (laughs) I did I did try to go get it, but then I couldn't. And then I had to go borrow it. uh, And then I I I left it at my other house because my parents are divorced. So it's a whole thing. (laughs) I'd rather not get into it. It kind of, you know, honestly, it's a bit of a trigger. And now now I'm triggered. You know what? I think I need to go see the counselor. So I'm just, I'm gonna just go. I'm just gonna pick up all my stuff and I'm just gonna leave now. So that's uh that's my book report. How to yeah. kill a mockingbird. I swear. I wait. wait how to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> so yeah. Have we actually introduced ourselves yet? No. We. This is like the longest excuse ridden. Uh, intro ever yeah well whatever bit i had planned is out of my head and gone forever and it's just gonna be me rummaging through my stuff in the background uh that'll be the intro but uh yeah this is between lewis and lovecraft where we talk about uh authors what they wrote why they wrote it um hannah and i have started doing this uh this thing where we 
don't want to do as much work, so we <laughs> uh, stopped doing as much work, and we like enjoy talking about, like every episode where we cover someone's life, we're like we don't want to just talk about their life. We want to talk about the philosophy behind stuff, like the books themselves, and we never have enough time because we just get so both of us get so sidetracked with all the things we want to say about their lives and stuff and we both run on tangents and just keep going and going like we're we're both really bad at not letting the other one talk <laughs> take a shot every time tyler says we're both really yeah. bad at this <laughs> there our no. audience is already passed out yeah, I like your brutal honesty, though. You're just like, we do this because we don't want to do so much work. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is true, though. Like, we started doing the chill episodes, not just because we don't want to do so much work, but because we want to be able to dive deep into the stories themselves. We're so we were so concentrated on their lives that it's like we're just trying to get through their lives in some episodes unless we took two parts and we could enjoy the life and the works like when we did Isaac Asimov or C.S. Lewis and H.P. Lovecraft, uh, Neil Gaiman, stuff like that. And those were always my favorite episodes. So mm -hmm. us being able to go, OK, here's their life. Here's what they went through, that sort of thing. And now let's spend an episode or half an episode even just talking about what we got out of it from reading the books or how they influenced us. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen, right? You have like Stephanie Myers where it's like, oh, she's a genius and we're, we're all happy with what she did. We don't need to talk more <laughs> about it. Truer words were never spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, once I laid out the incest, uh, from Twilight, everyone was like, oh, we're all on the same page. No more explanation needed. I hope somebody is listening to this episode who hasn't listened to that episode and is just like trying to catch up. You're never yeah. going to get there, listener. If you skipped over, if you're someone who has come to our show and you're going through the, the tracks, all the episodes, and you're like, ah, I'm not going to do Stephanie Meyer. That's a dumb, I'm not going to listen to them talk about Stephanie Meyer. First of all, you don't know where we landed on Stephanie Meyer, or at least you don't know where I landed on Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> and also, let me just say, there's a lot more incest in that episode than you were expecting. <laughs> I, any amount of incest in the episode is more than people were expecting. Nobody goes into an episode going, gee, I wonder how much incest Tyler's going to put into it. <laughs> Actually, if there's an author out there whose backstory includes lots of incest, let us know and we'll add them to our 2023 lineup. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. If you guys know of an incest author, please let us know. That'll, be, that'll be a field day for me. There's got to be someone from like Victorian British times or something. I mean, if we want to just go easy, we just do george rr R. martin right and just talk about all the incest that he has in his books. oh in his books i thought i meant their life <laughs> either way i mean i was like way. george rr R. martin has incest in his life <laughs> <laughs> i mean he writes about a lot of incest i i don't know how he doesn't have it in his life if this is not already a conspiracy theory we're going to start it oh absolutely we will
By the time I'm done with this world, everyone will be... Very uh, confused about authors' lives. Everyone will be... uh, What is the word? Accused of incest. Yes. You're just pointing the finger at everyone. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was... It's pretty funny. I... I like to show, I like to send videos to my cousins. I have two girl cousins and one boy cousin. And I, I like, there's a Folgers commercial that was done a while back, like years ago. And it's always been like weird. Like, it's like a Christmas one where like the older brother comes home from college or something. And the little sister is like just a little too excited. You know, it's like a little too weird. Um, so I said that to them and they're like, yeah, that's weird, I guess. And then there's a skit that somebody did where like they show that original commercial and then they pick it up like right after the commercial ends where like the parents come down and confront the brother and sister about the weirdness (gasps) that they were like. And it, it's really, really funny. Like, it, it goes really far. It's messed up. <laughs> Did you feel validated that somebody else saw the incest um, angle there? Yeah, it, it means I'm not weird. Like, no. <laughs> I'm, I it just means it, you're not alone in your weirdness. Yeah, that's true. And then there's and then there's the the skit from uh, Andy Bowser, who, who uh, plays Onyx the Fortuitous, where he's picking up a comic book and they're like what what comic book you get and he's like oh uh it's called uh brother sister <laughs> nope so, yeah it's it's really funny so i'll send them stuff like that every once in a while and they're like tyler why are you why are you sending this to us i'm like who else should i send it to i'm not gonna send it to other people that's weird i don't know so there's something about sending incest uh, jokes to <sighs> Your family members. It's not all my family members. Just the ones that will laugh at it. <laughs> I know how to read a room. I'm not going to send <laughs> my aunt room. incest videos. <laughs> Speaking of, I we have a new listener, I think, who is my aunt, and I hope she's not listening <laughs> to this part. <laughs> but it was funny timing because my mom was actually the one who recruited her to start listening to our show. Yeah. And my aunt had just finished reading a biography about Harper Lee. No way. <laughs> yes. So she was like, she was calling us out on all the stuff we missed, right? I don't know if she's this like just happened a couple days ago, so I'm not sure if she's listened to the Harper Lee one yet. But yeah, I'm sure she'll email me if uh, if we got anything wrong. Nice. Good. Yeah. I love that your mom is like OG ghoul gang. She is. She's getting people in there. We need to get her a shirt. That's what needs to happen. She uh, is partial to the Grandpa Whipple thing. Oh, yeah. She she always cracks up at that. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. You know, and we really need to make a decision here. There, we have three choices with our with our older episodes. Either we just let it lie, right? Those those episodes are they were done. We did them. They're sitting in the ether. If you go back far enough, you can find them. But sometimes they don't even show up when you like scroll through our episodes on Spotify and stuff. Um, or we can just republish those episodes, right? And just take the original and just say, hey, it's a new episode and re- republish it. Maybe we do like Between Lewis and Lovecraft archives or something. A lot of podcasts do that. It's it's pretty standard. The only problem that I have with that is that 
you know, not that it was bad. It's just our quality has gotten way better and our our chemistry is a lot better. Like you're able to listen to me talk about how I send my family incest jokes and not cringe <laughs> as, as much. Um, and we sound a lot better, right? So like it would be, I don't know if it'd be kind of hard for people who are now listening to us and they're used to this and then all of a sudden oh an archive episode comes up and it's like wow this sounds really bad uh maybe i'm playing too much into it i might have to go back and and listen re-listen to them before i do that no or, i think i think you're right i think we should re-record yeah some of the early ones that's the third option we could just start redoing you know we can go back and visit lewis and Lovecraft at the very least, and and Tolkien, I think. And Tolkien, you'd re- you'd want to do Tolkien already. I mean, we did him. I guess it's been a a year and a half. Yeah, I yeah. I guess start with Lewis and Lovecraft. Not all of them. Like I feel like we don't necessarily need to revisit Neil Gaiman or or some of the more modern contemporary authors. Sure. But you know, the first the first four episodes were devoted solely to C.S. Lewis and H.P. Lovecraft. And obviously those were our, our you know, we're just getting to know each other episodes. Yeah. So and I feel we've like improved because, a lot. Because the, those authors are our namesake, it's justified for us to redo those in a more um, updated way, you know? Um, so I, I would be super down. If you guys are, if you guys are listeners and, and you'd be interested in, us going back and retouching those two authors specifically and and any other authors that you can think of that are like oh these this would be a good one to talk about again then um hit us up because that could be the beginning of of the next season of 2023 oh yeah let us know i think i i have heard from a couple listeners that they like that idea of you know kind of talking about them again with everything we've learned since then yeah yeah that would be super cool um so we're we're supposed to be talking about uh harper lee and more specifically um to kill a mockingbird and go set a watchman and and we we talked about this in the last episode and alluded to it go set a watchman is fucked up, right? The the book itself or the backstory? Both. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um I'd heard when it first came out some of the drama surrounding it. I wasn't like a huge Harper Lee fan at the time. I had I think I was in college when it came out and I remember some of my classmates were like, "Oh my god, they're publishing a new Harper Lee book after like what is it? 50 years years. yeah and they were so excited because to kill a mockingbird had like affected them that much and and they couldn't wait um but then i heard some of the the drama about you know how people wondered if harper lee really wanted it to be published it seems i if you've listened to our last episode we kind of went through it but it was a situation where Harper Lee was in a nursing home. Her sister, Alice, who had been her lawyer and her, like, fiercest protector for her entire life, had just died. And then, like, three months later, her publisher comes out and is like, oh, we're publishing a new Harper Lee book. So the timing alone was very suspicious. Yeah. 
And then once the book came out, people quickly realized that it was not a new Harper Lee book at all. It is the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. Yeah, it was it, at the very least it was written before To Kill a Mockingbird. It's the one that she first gave to her agent whose name I'm spacing on. And I didn't realize that part until I had finished reading Ghost at a Watchman for our last episode. But I was reading it and I got to around page 100 and I remember making a note in my phone. I was like, I'm on page 100 and there is no plot to this book at all. Yeah. I was like, this is not a long book. It's like less than 300 pages. I was a third of the way in and nothing had happened. Mm. And then when we did the episode, I realized that that's exactly why her agent said, Nell, you need a (laughs) plot in this book (laughs) because there was a ghost at a watch. So it's set 20 years after the first one. Yeah. Yeah, she's like in her late 20s, um, Scout is. And it's her going back to her hometown. And, you know, you, you get reintroduced to all of the characters from To Kill a Mockingbird, but obviously they're much older now. Um, the brother, Jem, uh, from the first one, he's he's dead in Ghost at a Watchman. Um, and it's just like full of all these observations about her, her town in Alabama, which are fine they're interesting and all but there's no plot and then the big like twist comes somewhere around page 130 when scout uh finch learns that her father was in a meeting with a racist person like a city council meeting and there was a racist racist person like he was in like almost not a clan meeting but Something almost akin to a clan meeting. It wasn't a clan meeting. It was like a, a town hall type thing. Yeah. But she walks in and starts watching it and her like husband to be or like the dude she's been stringing along for yeah. 10 years. <laughs> he's also in in the meeting. That's like some sort of city government thing. And there's this de- dude who stands up and starts spouting off racism. And Scout is horrified. She's like, how could my father and my oldest friend be in the same room as this person and not say something or shut him down and then it just starts this like whole internal and then external turmoil with her and her father and she basically like disavows him she doesn't want anything to do with him it seems like this man she's idolized since she was six years old and to kill a mockingbird you know she thinks he's a monster yeah well, and we're we're looking at it from the 2020s, you know, where we have the advantage of going, okay, there's To Kill a Mockingbird, which comes first chronologically, and then Go Set a Watchman. In, in <clears throat> the way that these books are presented to us, that is a sequel. Mm-hmm. That is the, the continuation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Where, it, like, the way that, that you've pointed out, that... There is no To Kill a Mockingbird. That doesn't exist. That story doesn't exist. What exists is um, Ghost at a Watchman. Ghost at a Watchman. That's the story. The story is this girl who is who is um, hero fetished her her not her husband her dad basically to a point where like it, it's it's a common theme for a lot of adults in their 20s to start to really see their parents as human beings but 
Harper Lee writes this in a way that is exceedingly dramatic and, you know, puts forth this this gross um, thing that, that, like, it's so funny. And especially it hits so hard nowadays. It seems uh, like this would have been written today. Right. I was like, this seems like 2022, like this girl who's ready to cut ties with her father because he let somebody else speak in a public meeting. Right. And I was like, what has happened? It's almost it's eerie. Yeah, it's it's super weird. And like, um, I don't know. It just kind of it does. It gets to me where it's like there are there are times where I think that people in our world are more okay with murders than they are with racists right like well not even just racist but more okay with murders than your father being in the same room as, as a, racist. a racist yeah um not not immediately standing up and punching a racist in the face you know like and i i need we need to make sure people understand at least i need to make sure people understand on my end i'm not gonna put words in your mouth hannah <laughs> Oh no, you're just about to say that you're not racist. I'm not racist and I hate racist people with a passion and they should all boil in a stew of their own blood. 100%. If you if you think that any person is less than you or your group of people because of how they look or who they are, you are an awful awful person and I don't like you. Like that, that is my, that's my line right there. I'm willing to agree with that. But just I, as a disclaimer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here and be like, go set a watchman's a great book because finally the racists get a voice. Like, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying here. <laughs> but it just, it's crazy how, <clears throat> so, so we have that happen in the book. And then, and then we look at it from the 2020 point of view in that we have uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And we have that story so near and dear to us, especially a lot of millennials who were forced to read it. But even that sounds bad because it was really important to a lot of us. I, I mean, it, it really set a foundation for a lot of us to be able to call out racism and go, how dare you treat people badly because of the color of their skin um and that and you know like sesame street like those two things <laughs> <laughs> on par with fighting racism. exactly the same yeah it sounds funny but it's true it, like it really is true like barney and sesame street and all those shows that we watched as children really pushed for a lot of diversity and trying to teach us middle-class white kids hey don't be an asshole about kids who are different colors than you um so we have this book to kill a mockingbird it's one of the greatest books ever written you know it it is people have become lawyers because of atticus finch people have become writers because of harper lee people have become activists because this book has you know produced in them uh, 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 mission. It had real world implications <sighs> during the civil rights movement too. Yeah, it it was published at the perfect time. Yeah, it was. 
and and then all of a sudden you have a story you have ghost at a watchman that goes all that stuff that you love about that book it's all complete and utter shit it's absolute 100% horse shit all of it and i'm and i'm cursing specific i'm i've been trying not to curse as much because <laughs> Because my grandma asks you not to. Because your grandma, yeah. <laughs> I've got basically your whole family listening to me at this point. So, ghoul gang for the Lambert family. You know? <laughs> um, but no, I just my wife and I are trying really hard to not curse as much because we have the kid and he absorbs everything and we're trying to do that now. Yeah, you um, don't want to hear him say horse shit as his first words. I do. I would <laughs> love that. Could you imagine a one-year-old going, horse shit? be hilarious that would be kind of funny but i can see why becca doesn't want that exactly (laughs) um anyway i i'm i like genuinely there's a reason why i'm using those words because it it trashes on everything that we hold dear about that book like we it literally takes atticus finch one of the the greatest fictional characters ever written in in american history and goes Everything you believed about this guy is completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's not a good person. Uh, he doesn't fight for equality. The only reason why he takes on cases for black people is so that it doesn't go up the chain and get more black people to come into town and make a bigger kafa about the stuff that's yeah there's the whole like side plot with the NAACP or something. Yeah. yeah that, that was weird too because I didn't remember that I, I don't know if the NAACP was around during To Kill a Mockingbird, but I did not remember any mention of them then. Yeah. No, but it but it almost creates a sort of insidious, um, like a, a backhanded reasoning for why Atticus did what he did in To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. You suddenly go and look and you're like, oh, well, everything he did was basically just to keep the town as white as possible. You know, and just accept the few blacks that are there. And it's like, you're awful. You're just awful for doing that. Why do you have to ruin that and that character? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't. Yes, I get the whole hero worship. You know, you're you're seeing your parent in a new light and it's maybe not. They're maybe not the person you thought they were and how that could be devastating for someone. But Scout just seemed so over the top hysterical that I was reading it and I'm like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Like the her reaction does not fit her father's quote unquote crime. Right. And that's where that's where the the next layer comes in, I think. Because you have Scout's reaction. Sorry. <clears throat> you have Scout's reaction to everything that happens in the book. And the way that Scout reacts to what's happening in the book is almost the exact same way that people in real life react to the book and what it's doing to the character in that book. Oh, meta. It is. It's it, it's crazy. Like people were so upset, overly upset about what happens in Ghost Set of Watchmen. And, you know, 
it's racist, it's a piece of shit, it's trash, all this stuff. You know, and, and this is me just spending the last 10 minutes trashing on it, right? But at the end of the day, there's there's the fact that, A, you don't have to read Ghost Head of Watchmen. <laughs> like, that doesn't the have author- to be never wanted you to <laughs> be the the author didn't want you to read it and see it's not a sequel if anything it's 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 a first draft mm-hmm. and so there's so this this book and it's quote-unquote sequel first draft uh relationship is so weird it, I, i've never ever seen anything where it's so contested on and it'd be one thing if it was like it's just another story it's just a continuation of the story you know we see i don't know uh, just pulling a random idea out of out of my little noggin um we see atticus finch is is now in trouble for murdering someone um and then a, (laughs) a black guy has to be his lawyer and and scout has to help him out and they have to figure out what happened and you know prove that his dad didn't do or her dad didn't do this awful thing that would have been that would have been what i did right if i wanted to continue the story <laughs> it, it has same it's poetry it has the same beats elements all that jazz the themes are in there there you go it's a fun sequel but it, it's the fact that it's like it's a sequel first draft and also it completely ruins the first book. Yeah. I think as a rule of thumb, just for, you know, legacy preserving safety, uh, don't write sequels to American classics. Just don't. Well, and and she didn't though. Like she had this sitting as a draft somewhere hanging out. It's the same thing that happened to, uh, Robert Robert Jordan Jordan and he like as an author you don't get rid of anything that you've written because you never know what you might pull from and it's an accomplishment well yeah why would you get rid of the manuscript that turned you into a Pulitzer Prize winning author like of course she kept this and then someone goes digging through your shit and is like oh Atticus Finch is a racist this will make us millions of dollars and it did yep it did. It was something like the most pre-ordered book on like Barnes and Noble since Harry Potter. It yeah. it did insane numbers. Yeah, of course. It's crazy. I I feel really bad. I feel bad for people that like they they have their life was changed by To Kill a Mockingbird and and then they set themselves up for this book um only to have it completely dash their their ideals of of what they thought harper lee was going to produce but at the same time they are living the exact message that i think that to kill a mockingbird and ghost out of watchmen say Mm -hmm. the the one message that you can pull out of it is look everyone's fucked up Everyone has their issues and their problems. Do not make heroes out of men because ultimately they will let you down. Mm-hmm. 
And this is an extreme case. This is a a stupid, shitty story case of that. But the fact that it it fucked with people so much, honestly, to me, is something that I think shows that it's a really good it's a good lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's just it's crazy. It's crazy how meta the whole situation is, how the the main character is a representation of the reader in this situation. I think that's really well said. Yeah, it's like holding a mirror up to the reader. Um, And I agree, like for all the criticism that I have of the book, I don't regret reading it. I just think that the publisher should have been a little more honest when they were publicizing it. And instead of calling it a sequel, said that it was a first draft because it, it was very obviously not a finished, polished novel. And it's a good example of the importance of editing. Yeah. Yeah. And critiques and yes. beta readers and. <laughs> yeah, just all of those. Because then going back and starting to reread To Kill a Mockingbird, I was like, wow, this is. The storytelling is so much better. The pacing, the even like just the descriptions of of life in small town Alabama. I was like, you can tell that this is a finished novel. Yeah. Whereas Ghost at a Watchman, like I even found typos and stuff in there. Like they they didn't make any effort to clean it up. It was. Wow. It was very raw. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy that they that a, a book so pumped up can be such a disappointment in a grammatical sense on top of a thematical sense. Oh, grammatical and thematical. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it. It was disappointing. <laughs> but <laughs> So, yeah. So your your final thoughts are read it. Don't read it. What's what's your final thought on that? I don't. I honestly don't have a strong recommendation either way. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like I wasted my time by reading it. Um, but it's, I feel it's not a good representation of Harper Lee's abilities or ideas. I think it's not fair to judge a writer by their first draft of something. So yeah. 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 What about you? Uh, I, I didn't read it. I've read a lot of critiques about it. Um, and so I think that's why I can be a little bit more removed and be like uh, a little bit more like it's interesting how the meta theme works. If you want, if you have read To Kill a Mockingbird and you grew up with it as like a staple in your life, uh, I would be wary of reading Ghost at a Watchman just because you don't need it. You don't, there's nothing in that that's going to help or support To Kill a Mockingbird or how you feel about Harper Lee. There's nothing in that story that you need. If you're interested in looking at a story of a kid hero worshiping their, their father and, and that's how the first book ends. And then the second book is, oh my God, my, my father is one of the worst people I know then you might be interested in reading this book. It, it might be a, an interesting theme and story arc for you to, to go through. Um, so that that's how I recommend it. 
Um, or if you just want to, you know, almost treat it like a research project, yeah, like see too. see how something goes from a lackluster first draft to Pulitzer Prize winning, life changing novel. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you want to see what it's like to if you plan on being an author and you write a first draft and you're going to put it away and not let anybody else see it ever realize that this someone's probably if you get famous you're making millions of dollars off of your other books they're probably going to dig this up at some point because it's happened now at least twice that we know of if not more i mean i think it's even happened to tolkien right <laughs> well, I feel like the new Lord of the Rings is kind of like that for Tolkien, but uh, that's a whole other tangent. I, no, I mean, I mean, like published work. Like, I feel like there's published work of of Tolkien's where they kind of took notes and things of his, and they're like, oh, "This yeah. will make money." So they okay, throw... yeah. By that logic, also Dune, because uh, Frank Herbert's son keeps writing more Dune novels, and I don't you read the first one and it changed your life um so i don't know how you feel about dunes whatever number we're on now uh i don't know i i have the second book to read i haven't even started it yet um i know the general outline of how the story goes for the for the main six stories um and i know how off the rails it goes at a certain point which i think is really cool uh, really interesting i just don't have a, a shit ton of time to put towards <laughs> reading um stuff and i'm a little afraid of having another existential crisis to be honest um <laughs> i don't know like i get really tired of stuff really fast like i'm I'm getting to a place even in my own writing where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do trilogies and series and chronicles. And it's like, just write a fucking book. Just write one book, man. Just write one story in one book and and then move on to another one. Do a different book. I'm in the exact same place right now. Whereas when I was 13 and had unlimited time to read, I was all about trilogies and, and never ending series. Yeah. I'm reading through Stormlight Archives right now, and I really love it. I, I think it's really fun, um, and it's interesting. And a lot of the stuff that Sanderson is writing in it, I have already wanted to write, so I have to like restructure a lot of my thoughts. Um, and it's really, really interesting. But there's so much that you don't need in these books. I'm like, bro, you could have you could have made these two books one book. Easy. And then there's a third, and apparently there's a fourth coming out. And it's like you I, I get you want to play in this world. And I guess it's I guess that's fine. Like, play in the world, but don't make it all one story. Do different stories in your world. Um, like uh Paul Davis, a friend of ours, he's been on the show before. His books, each story is their own story, but they all take place in in the same world. It's like, that's dope to me. That's really cool because you can jump in, you can jump out, you can just not give a shit about the others. Be like, yeah, this one, it's my favorite book ever. That doesn't have (laughs) anything to do with the other books and the rest of the series. Um, And that's really, really cool. 
I do kind of like those, especially if there's little Easter eggs tying them together that you don't need to notice to appreciate the plot. But if you have read all of them, it just makes it richer. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like having a spinoff of a show and it actually does well, you know, like Frasier or Better Call Saul. Like these shows are spinoffs. They they have their own value. You want to watch them for them. But then when they bring in guys from the other shows, you're always like, ah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's great. You know, and, and it's awesome. I just started watching Better Call Saul so I can I, I just now understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we got way off tangent there. Didn't we, we did. So um, any other thoughts? I mean, did you reread all of To Kill a Mockingbird since I have completely dropped the ball this week? Nah, I didn't. I barely got into it, to be honest. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to get into classics like that, um, especially when I've already read them. You know, like mm-hmm. I read it in, in middle school or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I remember all this. Okay. All right. We can move on. This is boring. I actually didn't remember very much of it. And I was pretty sure that I read it in like freshman year of high school so it doesn't seem like that long ago but i'd forgotten most of the finer details of it like i remembered the overall plot but i didn't really remember that much about the characters and it was funny reading the beginning after talking about nell harper lee's childhood yeah and then seeing the kids in the book and being like oh my god that's totally her her brother and truman yeah like yep yeah, it's it's so autobi- autobiographical that it's almost painful. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is just your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of artists do that. A lot of uh, writers and filmmakers even do that sort of stuff. So Usually not so blatantly, though. They usually, because she even made Atticus... Like, old like her dad. He was a total yeah. grandpa dad. Atticus is a grandpa dad. She's got, like, no mom. Uh, the only thing different is that she didn't include either of her sisters in the book, which, honestly, given how badass Alice was, seems like kind a bit of, of an slight. oversight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell, man? She would have been the coolest character. <laughs> it Alice been, was the, the one lawyer that over. never disappointed. It would have been over too fast. She would have fixed everything and everyone would have been like, well, I guess there's no plot. Thanks she a lot. was just too damn efficient. Um, yeah, so there you go, guys. There's our review on on uh, Ghost Set of Watchmen, To Kill a Mockingbird, all that jazz. Um, now on to something that is extremely exciting that I want to talk about. And that you've been holding back yeah. from talking about for like weeks now. Yeah, I've held back on an episode like, I didn't publish our episode last week because I want to talk about it here first. Um, this is really, really exciting. Hannah, do you want to tell them what's up? No, it's your news. You should be the one to break it. Uh, I'm a dad, guys. No, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, obviously, I'm a dad. But, uh, no, we are officially sponsored. This show is partnering uh as an affiliate partnership with libro.fm which what's that tyler you never talk about libro I've never, fm i've i've talked about it a lot 
I have specifically asked them to sponsor us. <laughs> um, and uh, we finally got in touch and we talked. And uh, yeah, so now they Libro.fm is a is a website app, um, a, an entity within the digital realm that provides uh, audiobooks, which I don't know if you know this about me, but I love audiobooks. Um, I like, think I, I heard a rumor about yeah, that somewhere. I think it got out that I listened to them almost nonstop. Um, so Libro.fm, they are a small company that um, provides a, a huge catalog of audiobooks that you get access to when you sign up for a uh, membership with them. Um, or you can just buy audiobooks from them directly. Um, you can, they also have the ability where you can like send people credits so that they can buy them or you basically, it's basically like a gift certificate sort of situation. Yes. Very convenient, especially with Christmas coming. Yeah. Um, so they are, <clears throat> they have a whole bunch of stuff out there. When I read Dune, uh, I, I both physically read Dune and, I listened to the audiobook of Dune, which is, it was more like an audio drama. They had like different actors and stuff. Um, so it's, it's not like there's, there's a free audio thing out there. I've heard it before where it's like people who are amateur readers or they use like text to speech. So it's, you know, like a robot, Oh God! you know, it's, it's really hard to listen to. Uh, it's how I listened to Dante's Inferno when we did that episode and it was so bad. Oh my God. You will do anything to avoid actually reading a book. I'm not going to read Italian <laughs> books, Hannah. I'll have them. Well, read I assume it you're not listening to it in Italian. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't have to listen to it in Italian. Anyway. Um, Libro.fm is like it's professional. They have action, the like the official books. They've got new popular books that are coming out constantly. Um, and every time I need something to for research for memoirs, bios, books for the authors that we're about to dive into that you know written by them, they have all of it. Um, and what's great about them is that they are a smart, smaller company. And on top of that, they are supporting local smaller companies. Yeah. So when you sign up, you get to choose an independent bookstore to have a portion of your money go to. So, you know, if you, if you like us and uh, want to earmark uh, the book nook. Yep to receive your like the portion of your funds that would be an awesome way to like support the people who supported us at the very beginning so i love that about them yeah absolutely if there's a local bookstore near you you can look them up and you can work with libro to send that those portions to the, your local store or you can choose anyone and so yeah obviously we recommend the book nook uh, because the watermans are wonderful people that have supported us in so many different ways so if you are if you are a supporter of the show, show then you are a supporter of the book nook so you can always choose them but what's great is if you sign up for libro.fm using um, you know what? Hold on. Let me make sure I have all these this info information like right. 
Yeah, because the uh, the main thing that we want you to do if you sign up for Libro FM is support us yes. <laughs> by telling them that we sent you. So Tyler's going to find out what exactly you have to do to make sure that we get some money. Yeah, because I want that money. Um, so, so our code when when you go to the when you go and sign up, you're gonna use the code BLL. That's between Lewis Lovecraft. Um, BLL when you sign up, and if you sign up using that code, then we get paid we get money so that that's going to go towards hosting fees that's going to go towards uh merchandise maybe maybe i don't know being able to get us out of our studios so that we can go to live events i don't know i'm trying to come up with stuff um, mostly the hosting fees are, are the important <laughs> yeah. ones basically and just, then you know next time i have to buy a new mic because tyler yeah. doesn't like my old janky one that he gave me uh you know maybe y'all can help me pay for that <laughs> yeah being able to just have um pay for advertisement to get out in front of people that sort of stuff there's a lot of little costs that go into it and we haven't been doing this to try and make money doing it um so if, if we can get to a place where we're able to just kind of cover the fees that go along with this then that's huge i mean that's more than we've been doing for the last three years um <clears throat> so all that being said bll at libro.fm go get go sign up for a new new membership um 15 a month you get a free credit every month for, to use on any book, whether it's $5 for the book or $55 for the book. It, you can use your credit on any of them. There's I, a certain amount of strategery that goes into it, right? You know, you want to use your credit on the $50 book, not the $5 one. That's how or I Or am do I it. the only person? Okay, no, I'm not the only how, one who thinks like and, that. And it's it, Brandon Sanderson even, like, converted me over to, an, you know, he would talk about this. He's like... In the age of audiobooks, people are are more inclined to use that credit on your book if your book is longer. So his books are between 47 hours and 60 hours long. I'm much more willing to spend $15 on that than a book that is 10 hours long. Because the 10 hour long books are generally between 7 and 20 bucks. So I'll just pay that. I'll just pay the $7 for that book and then use my free credit on the book that would normally be fucking $60 billion. I don't know how much it was. It's a weird bit of psychology because I am in total agreement, but also I will not finish a 60-hour audiobook. You just put it on 1.5 speed and you'll bust that out so fast. In what would that be, like 45 hours instead of 60? Yeah, that's right, Hannah. That's what I'm doing with my life. Um, we we have a, a, a sample Libro.fm. This is where we're, this is a segment right now. We're, we're not just doing an ad read. We're not just sitting here trying to be like, hey, everybody, we need money. Give us money. We're not trying to do that. So we have an, a sample ad read, which is, did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your lo favorite local bookstore? With Libro.fm, 
You can pick from more than 250,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from real booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. You know who we're talking about. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. Listen with free Libro.fm app while you do chores, walk the dog, or relax at home. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations from the people who know the books the best. The booksellers. You're clapping, but I can't hear it. I can't, it doesn't. You can't hear it? No, I can't hear you Oh, clap. man, I was clapping because that was your best radio voice. Yeah, it was like radio slash movie trailer voice. Yeah, you like it's that? It's delightful. Well I was, done. I was trying to channel like uh, uh, Job from uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> yes, actually, well done. Well done. Uh, there is a little bit more. Uh, Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Special offer. Get two audiobooks on Libro.fm for the price of one, $14.99, with your first month of membership with code BLL. Offer only valid for new members in Canada and the U.S. That's the best part. Yeah, Not Canada it's and the U.S., dope. I mean the, the free stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's, I mean, I can, I can literally just take that, cut it throw it together maybe put a little bits of the web bits of the web you know music behind there um make it feel like you're buying a truck or something <laughs> <laughs> the new ford libro.fm <laughs> 2023 man um, if i could buy a car called a libro that would be excellent <laughs> it runs on on books <laughs> runs on knowledge yeah um, the smarter you are, the faster you go. Um, the thing is, that's, you know, that's a thing. It, I, I did the read, but I need more. We need to do something more than that. So, Hannah, hit me with some ideas. Let's brainstorm some ideas. How can how can we do an ad that's going to entice people that we're going to put into, like, every episode now? Oh, gosh. We're going to do, do, like, a mid-roll live brainstorming session um we should turn our stories into audiobook type ads our stories yeah which like the like the halloween stories yeah or like our uh listener stories for the regular or for the chill episodes oh my god i love that idea yeah the idea like you if you're a listener and you want to be a part of our ad read Send in a, a, a flash fiction, and we'll we'll use that as a. Did you like listening to this audiobook? Make sure you check out Libro.fm, where there's two hundred and fifty thousand audiobooks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I. That's a really good idea. I like that a lot. But that's going to require a lot of participation from our listeners. The <laughs> yeah. listeners that are listening will be helping us sell Libro.fm to the <laughs> listeners. Or we could just, you know, plug Libro after all of our listener stories since we do them periodically, like probably once a month we do yeah. them. So we could just be like, you know, if you like listening to stories read aloud to you, 
It'll be the it'll be the Libro.fm story segment. Corner. <laughs> story corner, yes. All right, we're gonna go to the story corner. <laughs> Libro.fm presents Story Corner. I like how story time is typically like calm and gentle, but for you it's like a monster truck rally. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I'm going for. <laughs> this Monday, 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 Monday. <laughs> um yeah i think that's a great idea i genuinely i love the idea that we can tie both of those things in together i mean we'll we'll talk about libro in general but i i think if we're gonna do if people are willing to send in flash fictions for us they can be a part they can be a part of the process of selling libro because it is it is an audiobook when we do it um, so that's really good. I like that idea a lot. Not even. What joking. is your advertising idea? I genuinely had no ideas. Oh, so I you just in, put me on the spot. Oh my God. Yeah. I came in with nothing. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to direct this. I was, we're a team. I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to make you sound smart when you come up with an idea. Oh geez. I'm glad I pulled something out of my ass that wasn't wasn't a terrible idea it's fine we would have landed safely on the other side if you didn't have anything our listeners are very generous and patient um yeah i really i really wanted to do ghoul gang for our for our promo code but uh ghoul can be kind of hard to write it's like a it's like a weird word and uh i ran it past a few people and they all said just do bll BLL is good. It's it's uh, short. It's pithy, pithy. <laughs> That's the word, right? Pithy. It sounds like you have a lisp and you're trying to say pissy. <laughs> I'm so pithy right now. <laughs> um, okay, so we did that. You know, we do have listener mail, but we're gonna do that at the end um, of of this. I do need to get something off my chest, Hannah. Oh no, I'm. So freaking angry. Well done. Thank you. It is 80 degrees out and it's October 4th. Yes. I've never, ever in my life been more of a proponent to fight against global warming (laughs) than I am right now. For me, it's less that it's 80 degrees still and actually it's not up in Bellingham so I'm complaining about nothing but it's that there haven't been any cold or rainy days in months yeah I need diversity I just I don't I'm 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 sitting here trying to work on the Halloween episode which I'm very excited about by the way and it's super hard to get into the mood because I've got the sun blaring through the windows and I'm like cooking. I'm cooking, and I can't, I can't do it. I can't be all like, "Ooh, spooky! <laughs> this is a great Halloween time, guys!" While I'm fucking in board shorts and a tank top, <laughs> eating ice cream because it's too hot. Otter pops are still a thing right now. They shouldn't oh, be. God. You know what should be a thing right now? Hot cocoa. Some freaking hot cocoa right now. I should not be drinking and sweaters. Sweaters, hot cocoa, not otter pops. And sandals, although I'd wear sandals even if it was cold. Yeah, I've seen you wearing sandals in January, but I I totally agree with all of your other points. Um, you know, 
you're going to have to get that electric vehicle, um, start recycling more, and we can all make October great again. Make October great again. Uh, I think we just came up with our t-shirt for the episode. Is it going to be you wearing a sweater and drinking hot cocoa on the front of it? I don't know. I I mean, my head is kind of going all over the place right now. We could go full presidential election, you know, and do just make October great again. People are going to think we don't know when election day is. It's an orange pumpkin and he's got a wig on. (gasps) Oh, oh that's really good, good actually. It's good. Uh, I might have to do that for sure. So I'm gonna have to draw that up and make this. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work. Well, on that's that. gonna put a damper on your editing of the Halloween special for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm actually super excited. I just got all the stories out to the readers. Um, and I, f- I think I finally have started to figure out logistics a little bit, like how to streamline things a little bit more, where like I have a Google Doc with folders for each story, and in each of those folders is the story and a little like direction note. And then I send the folder off to the reader, and I'm like, hey, when you're done, you put your audio in this folder and let me know. Then I can grab it and do what I need to do, and then I can re-upload it to that folder and be like, "Hey, you're now welcome to use that however you want." I don't know. I'm so organized. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like last year, I was really, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, it was really bad last year, to be honest. Um, like not not the outcome. The outcome was no. Great. The outcome sounded great. I had no idea it was. It was really stressful, like extremely stressful. Um, I was doing, I was doing Players Guild. Uh, I was about to become a dad. Um, I was running D and D at the Book Nook. Uh, I was about I was about to I, at this point last year I had just taken my test to become an electrician, um, and I didn't know whether I had passed or not. Um, and we had just moved into a new apartment. It was like. There, it was one of the most insane months of my two months of my entire life to the point where I actually had an actual first time in my life panic attack at the book nook during a D&D game. <gasps> like I just kind of like stood up in the middle of the D&D game and like walked outside because it was because back then in 2021, it was cold outside in October. <laughs> And I needed to get some fresh air, so I walked outside to get some fresh air, and, like, I just, like, everything just stopped working in my body, and I just, I didn't pass out, but I, like, went down on the side of the road, and everybody in the book was just watching me, like, go down. Oh, no. It was And that's exactly what's helpful when you're having a panic attack, is people staring at you, right? Yeah. And the second I laid on the ground, I was fine. I was like, oh, this is, I'm good now. But they're all like, oh, my God. And they're, like, keeping me on the ground. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good, Yeah, they probably thought you had, like, a heart attack or something. I'm a big guy, so it's not out of the realm of, like, oh, shit, this this guy's having a heart attack. He's dying right now. They're like, no, no, don't get up. Um, So so this year I I was trying – I've been, you know, I've been trying to shave off a lot of the the extra stress and things and, um, and, and be more organized. Because it's not fair to the people who are volunteering for us, 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the writers and especially the readers who like they're these are a lot of these people are professional voice actors and they do this for free. Like we we don't have any money to pay them. So I'm just like, hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, it's a bad move for you, but all right. <laughs> Yeah, the voice actors are the best, but the final product is so good that if I were a voice actor, I would want to do it because it sounds great. I mean, I I do do it, even though I'm not a voice actor. Mine just doesn't sound as good as, you know, when Allie or one of our other friends reads it. Yeah, Allie goes all out. Unfortunately, she won't be writing a new one this year, but she has promised to read one, so... That's I'm excited about that. She always does a really, really good job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's coming up at the end of this month. And we have one more bio episode in between now and then, which is going to be on the incredible Mary Shelley. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, a woman who has been uh, instrumental in the process of creating modern horror, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. And Frankenstein, which I've never read, so I'm very excited to read it. I have watched Young Frankenstein about a thousand times. So I'm hoping I it, haven't seen that, but I don't think there's a lot of parellels. I'm hoping it lives up to, you know, the adaptation. <laughs> you you might be a little seen disappointed. Young Frankenstein, Hannah? I honestly don't know if I've watched any Frankenstein adaptation all the way through. You, you gotta watch Young Frankenstein. It's okay. a classic. Like I just finished rereading Frankenstein, the novella. Yeah. So with think, that fresh in my brain, I'll watch one of the movies. I think Young Frankenstein is my absolute favorite Halloween movie. That's high praise. Yeah. So um, okay. Uh, with that, um, uh, we're gonna get into the uh, the the readers i'm really messing this segue up um we're gonna get into the listener email and readers um i did want to address that again i do apologize but the last year has been one of the most hectic and chaotic years of my entire life um i don't know if i've said this before guys no (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, do you want to tell him? Guys, Tyler is a dad. I'm a dad now. And so if he hasn't responded to your email, it's because he's raising a human, trying to make sure it doesn't turn out to be like a serial killer or something. Yeah. He's doing a great job so far. Um, Only one person's died so far. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's a pretty good track record for a a less than one year old. That's just that's just one murder. So not a pattern. Nothing. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try to be better about that um, yeah. this year, and starting now. There's There are emails that we got back in like November of last year that we never responded to. Um, we had we had a gentleman email us um, right after I took my time off. Um, and I think he was talking to Hannah mostly. Yeah, so I was responding. Okay, yeah. just because uh, Tyler doesn't respond, yeah. you guys, I count too. Um, Alan. Alan yes. was emailing us, and he has a lot to say, and I love everything he says. So, Alan, if you're still listening to this show, 
thank you so much for all the stuff that you said to us, for us, uh, with us. Alan was the one who had a lot of thoughts on da the Da Vinci Code, right? Yeah. Yes, I remember that conversation. Yeah, super cool uh, stuff that he had going on. We also had somebody email us back, uh, back in February. Uh, Soul Oxendine something. I don't know. I do apologize. I'm bad with names. Uh, but they said, live in Lake O, randomly found you online, gigantic Douglas Adams fan. That's all they wrote. That's all they said. But you know what? That is so encouraging to me. <laughs> like, that's huge. The idea that, A, someone can find us randomly online is beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. And the fact that they would just go out of their way to just say they're a big fan of Douglas Adams, someone that we've talked about, someone I love reading. Um, that's all we want from you guys. That's it. We just want to. We just want to hear from you. We just want to know you exist. Um, and then we have a story. Now, Hannah, we need to. We need to talk about this. What? What kind of way do we want to do this? Do we want to just do an outro and then always have our listener stories be after our outro? Or do we I think want... we should do it that way so people are forced to listen to our outro. Oh, okay. Because if, <laughs> so if... you can get to the good part. Oh okay. Knocked over my mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then before we go to the Libro.fm presents Story Corner. Uh, we will uh, we'll do our quick little goodbyes. Yeah, so I, we were talking about emails. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Instagram. Uh, we tend to respond to those a little bit faster just because, you know, we've got the apps on our phones. Yeah. Um and we are also on Facebook, and there's a Facebook group you can join that we occasionally post in. Devani shares memes in. A fun time is had by all. Yes, Devani are basically our social media um, manager. Manager, yeah, at this point. She's our hype girl. Yeah. If you want to be a hype person for us, you can rate and review our show on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, just about anywhere you listen to us to podcasts you can rate and review us it, it is a, a pretty huge thing to do for a show so um you should definitely do that uh <clears throat> hannah what's the best way people can help us though the best way is to be like my mom and tell your sister or a friend or your grandma or literally anybody else in the world to check out our show. You should just talk to them and be like, hey, you know Harper Lee who wrote that Pulitzer Prize winning book To Kill a Mockingbird? She had a fascinating life and you should listen to it on Between Lewis and Lovecraft. There you go. That is the most, I mean, normally I make a joke out of it, but you know, Hannah just straight up came out with it, said, <laughs> tell a friend. Um, couple quick things if you go to our website you can see the merchandise that we do have for for sale you can go and buy t-shirts and designs on on different stuff uh I, whenever we come up with a really good idea for a shirt design i you i genuinely do try to create it and put it up so uh i love make october great again um <laughs> so i'm probably gonna work on that soon 
Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Um, if you want to email us, email us at lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. We are no longer accepting uh, submissions for stories for the Halloween episode. But if you have stories that you want to share with us, flash fiction, uh, 500 to 700 words, send it to lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com. Um, and we can get you set up for Libro.fm Story Corner. The Renegade Arcanist by Alexander Valancourt. We pick up where Mia and her two companions are currently at a strange inn that they found in the middle of the forest. Fat Will and Mum had left earlier but returned. Now all three are leaving. They pulled their packs onto their shoulders and headed out the door. They turned left at the end of the hallway and followed it into the lobby where Fat Will stiffened and walked quickly past the innkeeper, giving him no look as he hurried for the front door. Ah, miss, the innkeeper greeted as he saw her approach. Might I have a moment of your time? No, called Fat Will from just outside the door. I'm sorry, uh, she replied, but we really need to get going. I have a message for you, he offered. Mia stopped and glanced at him expectingly, but Mum was right behind her, his hands on her shoulders, and was gently pushing her toward the door. The message is not necessary, he assured the man, whose mouth was open in a mild frown. Wait, he said so forcefully that it was almost a shout. He turned to Mum. Did you or did you not ask me to give the lady a message from you this morning? I did, but... And didn't I promise you that I would give her said message? You did, but... What's going on in there? Yelled Fat Will from outside. And I, sir, am a man who keeps my promises. Will you believe that? Yes, I suppose, but I still... So I ask you, please, let me give her the message that I had earlier promised to give her. Let me fulfill my oath and keep my honor in this at least. Mum hung his head in defeat. Thank you. Come on, guys. I want to get out of here, yelled Fat Will. Hold your horses, shouted the innkeeper back at him. He shook his head and pointed a thumb at the door. Hard to find good help these days, you know. The message, please, sir, Mia asked politely. The innkeeper patted her on the arm and smiled up at Mum. Ah, and what lovely manners she has. Sir? She asked quietly. Ah, oh, yes. Your large killerly friend would like me to tell you to meet them up the road where they will be waiting for you. He smiled at them, then put the back of his hand along his mouth and whispered to Mum. Did I get that right? The big man just groaned and steered Mia toward the door as she offered a little wave and called, Thank you. You're welcome, he mumbled to the empty room. Seeing his reflection in one of the mirrors, he asked, What are you looking at? And then he sat in his chair behind the counter, all but disappearing from view. Oh my word, what took you guys so long? Fat Will complained as soon as they emerged from the inn. Mum rolled his eyes and informed him that the crazy man needed to give Mia his earlier message. But we were right here, together, he stated the obvious. Mum just shrugged as they crossed the courtyard to retrieve their horses. 
Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was your introduction to the audio. Yeah, that's going to be my intro. That's going to be it. Perfect.